Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Okay, winter is on the way, and if you listen to this show, you know there's only one product that I absolutely rely on when I get a sore throat or a scratchy throat, and that's the delicious Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, it's the only throat drop that is ranked number one in throat coating action, number one. And I mean, you can literally feel it, that coating of your throat with their gum acacia, their plant glycerin, and of course, their delicious natural flavors. Now, they're amazing. My favorite is wild cherry and licorice. I also love the honey and licorice. Now, I've turned a lot of people onto Pine Brothers. You want to know the first three things that come out of their mouth? One, they're delicious. I can feel them coat my throat, and wow, they're soft, almost like a gummy bear. Yeah, I know they're soft. That's why they're called Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, work with me, people. So this season, look, you're going to have some throat issues and do what I do to soothe my golden throat. I use Pine Brothers Throat Drops. You will love this product. It's worth every penny. You can find Pine Brothers at CBS, Select, Walmart, Target, ShopRite. Why? Because they are the best. I also want to speak to you without the filter of the fake news. The dishonest media which has published one false story after another with no sources, even though they pretend they have them, they make them up in many cases. They just don't want to report the truth, and they've been calling us wrong now for two years. They don't get it, but they're starting to get it. I can tell you that. They've become a big part of the problem. They are part of the corrupt system. Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, and Abraham Lincoln, and many of our greatest presidents fought with the media and called them out, oftentimes, on their lies. When the media lies to people, I will never, ever let them get away with it. I will do whatever I can that they don't get away with it. They have their own agenda, and their agenda is not your agenda. In fact, Thomas Jefferson said, nothing can be believed which is seen in a newspaper. 
Truth itself, he said, becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. That was June 14th, my birthday, 1807. But despite all their lies, misrepresentations, and false stories, they could not defeat us in the primaries, and they could not defeat us in the general election, and we will continue to expose them for what they are, and most importantly, we will continue to win, win, win. We are not going to let the fake news tell us what to do, how to live, or what to believe. We are free and independent people, and we will make our own choices. We are here today to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I hear your demands, I hear your voices, and I promise you, I will deliver. I promise that. Enemy of the people is uh, pretty far outside the what's the standard Republican playbook of attacking. The administrations always take uh, take offense when they're criticized and challenged. Even inside the Trump inside the administration itself, is that just it seems kind of beyond the pale. Joe, my question for you is: you know, we all, um, I think most of the people at this table uh, were alive and, and politically conscious uh, at the time of the right. Oklahoma City bombings. And every time that Donald Trump uses this kind of language, I always worry that. It's an incitement to uh, elements of our country that are that might uh, go ahead and do something uh, when the president of the United States calls the press the enemy of the people that they might take that seriously. Right. So yeah, this is very very dangerous, and and it's one thing to say the press is liberal. It's one thing to say the Ninth Circuit is liberal. But when you start saying that somebody has uh, is an enemy of the people, then that does incite people to violence, especially if it's coming from the president of the United States. You know, Donald Trump sounds like a walking war crime. Uh, and, and Jim Mattis, the defense secretary, is out to basically try and qualify everything and, you know, put it on a track that's consistent with uh, legality and international law. It's this awful polarization that we have now where people see the same reality and interpret it differently. And unfortunately, people don't have media literacy. They can't make a distinction between something that's actually fact-based and something that's not. I don't want to chase this rabbit too far down the hole. In a sense, uh, you can see viewers saying, well, the media is feeling uh, uh, burned or singed by this. Yeah, so, so the, and they're, they're indulging themselves. Mm. And, and so you don't want to fall into that trap. But it is uh, a dangerous thing when the, when the president tries to impeach the entire uh, media other than Rush Limbaugh, Fox News, and Alex Jones and some of the people uh, on the fringes. In the past, when the president has when he was a candidate and he targeted people, say, protesters at a rally, uh, some people found that uh, an opportunity to take license and, uh, and target those people. You know what? My fear of the administration as it's shaken out so far is not that it's incipient fascism. It's that it's anarchy. There you have it. You see what's going on here? And by the way, it's our top story today. Happy Monday. Glad you could be with us. 800 941 Sean. Here's our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. I have got to give huge props to the president. He is doing what something that I have known, those of us that are conservative have known, those of us in talk radio that have known. The re- One of the main reasons why in my career I have been successful is because they suck so bad. They are so abusively biased. 
Now they've decided to go to war with the president. So it's no longer journalism is dead. It's no longer an informational crisis. They have now declared an outright war, and Trump's not taking it. I love what he said, quoting Thomas Jefferson, too, and, and all the other presidents that have, have taken on a, a radically inaccurate, unfair news media in this country. And by the way, he's not trying to shut anybody down, even in his, his press conference last week. He said, look, if I'm wrong, call me out. Make it factual. Be honest. Be truthful. You know, let me just let me go back and set the table for you just a hair here. If you go back to 2000, I'm only using recent history as an example. 2008 is the year I declared journalism dead. All right, that's what, nine years ago? 2008, I declared journalism's dead. And it's their dead, gone, and buried. Now, if you go back and remember this, the election of Obama and the media you know, it was it was everything, including, you know, Chris Matthews having Obama gasms on television and getting thrills up his legs and the media. Oh, he's so comfortable. You know, you have that. We, we have this one song that we put together, you know, about this is just one. This is so representative of the entire media. Now, in the lead up to this, they didn't vet his relationship or the impact that somebody like Frank Marshall Davis had in his life, his being a Alinsky disciple, an acorn organizer. You know, they were a year behind me with Reverend Wright. Can you imagine if Donald Trump started his political career in the home of an unrepentant domestic terrorist whose group was involved in the bombing of the Pentagon, the Capitol and New York City police headquarters? And he sat on boards with that guy and gave speeches with that guy. And the guy is, again, 2001, September 11th of all days, quoted in The New York Times. I wish we did more. And it was they never covered it. The only one question he ever got about his friendship with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn was George Stephanopoulos. And only because I fed him the question the day before when he was on my radio program. And his answer was, well, you know, he's just a guy in the neighborhood, George. What do you there expect? Are two questions that I don't, no, don't want to play it now. Everyone knows. So I'm, I'm laying that out now. Last year, we laid out for you statistics. How bad was the Obama presidency? Is is Benghazi better off? Was he right about supporting the Muslim Brotherhood leader in Egypt? Was he right about Iran? Did, he, did the Russian reset work? And did he improve? You know, give me one foreign policy success that Obama had. And then you add the 13 million additional Americans on food stamps, 8 million more Americans in poverty, the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, lowest home ownership rates in 51 years. And he accumulated more debt than every other president before him combined. It is an abysmal record. The media never told you that. The American people felt it. And that's part of the reason why Donald Trump was elected, because the forgotten men and women out of work, in poverty, on food stamps, that can't get a job and buy a house were fed up. And that they, they never told you the truth because they loved him. They worshipped him. They, you know, it was a romance, if you will. Just follow. The most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech. I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. And that is an objective assessment. I thought it was Hollywood. It was romance. There's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. And we should be comfortable and will be with him in such a setting. He's done everything right. It was realism. He's a good citizen. I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, I don't have that too often. And I, I 
comfortable office yeah. setting, showing that he's comfortable. No one else this is valuable material. This is real estate of the highest order. I felt this thrill going up my leg. They tell me how much you care. The guy's done everything. He's worked his butt off. He's been a good citizen. He's done everything right. I mean, I can keep going. So they never covered Obama. They never told the truth of his failures. And in this campaign, it even got worse. WikiLeaks exposed rampant collusion. The New York Times, Politico, MSNBC, CNN, CNBC, all the major networks absolutely colluding with the Clinton campaign. Every suspicion I've always had confirmed. And they thought they'd be able. They never thought Donald Trump would be president. And they mocked him and they made fun of him and they laughed at him. And look what happened. He won. And now here we've had an incredible 30 days. And I'm going to go over the accomplishments here in a minute. And they cannot report this. It is impossible for them. They have declared war on Donald Trump and really on the American people. You know, and you watch the coverage the night that he that Donald Trump was. It was a funeral on every network. A funeral. They were literally in mourning. They could not believe what happened. Martha Raddatz, who hosted a debate, was crying on national television. Where are we today? You know, have they apologized for their collusion? Did they apologize for being so wrong? Did they No, have they ignored every one of Trump's major accomplishments? Did they talk at all about how he's fulfilling every promise he made? No. They're not going to tell you, the American people, because they have a clear, radical left-wing agenda, and they're lazy. The media is perfectly willing to lie to you every day. And they, they collectively are so angry at this president, they cannot contain their anger. And they will not focus on issues. They are, they are the ones that are unhinged. They are the ones constantly citing unnamed sources. They are the ones that, you know, called Trump every name in the book, racist, sexist, misogynist, dictator, thug, and it goes on from there. And their audience, their viewers, you, the American people, it's, it's, they, they don't have the impact. They thought collectively they had him beat, and they don't have him beat, and they won't have him beat. If Trump continues his success and fulfills his promises on the economy, on making the country safer by vetting and building the wall, if, if literally millions of jobs come back, if health care is fixed, or at least somewhat better, it can't get any worse, if energy we become independent, if we send education back to the states, how does he not win 40-plus states? And this is what they fear the most. Can you imagine they're rooting for the president to fail? They want the president to fail. Why? Because it is the worst thing that they can that can happen for their power base. Looking for fake news? You won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity. On the air now. now. All right.
right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life. And, of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster. I stay asleep longer. And now you can, too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has the special four-pack. Now, you get 40% off two MyPillow premiums and two go-anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com right now or call 800-919-6090, promo code Hannity, to get Mike Lindell's special four-pack offer. You get two MyPillow premium pillows and two go-anywhere pillows for 40% off, and that means once those pillows arrive, you start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep healing and recuperative sleep that you've been craving and you certainly deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Hannity. You will love this pillow. So where does the meat, how do they ever get their reputations back? Well, they can't. They just can't. I mean, look at all, remember the New York Times front page story about all the women Trump abused? Oh, yeah, debunked. I interviewed all of them. Wrong. They have a front page story today about Michael Cohen. I said, hey, what's this about? He said, uh, I met the guy for like five minutes. Oh, Sorry, not, and I handed nothing over to anybody, and it was a friend that asked me, introduced me to this guy that is from the Ukraine and thought that there could be Ukrainian-Russian peace. New York Times wrong again. I, this, this, is, this is beyond anything that we've seen. Remember after Trump won, there was uh, supposedly a, a spike in transgender suicide rates, and it was repeated everywhere. No, there's no numbers to back that up. Or the the hacking conspiracy theory that went out there that, you know, a a group of prominent computer scientists and election lawyers demanding a recount in 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 specific states, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, because they the machines had been manipulated and hacked. No, that turned out not to be true either. No hacking. Russian hacking. Where's the evidence? They keep saying it every day. Well, maybe if John Podesta wasn't an idiot and fall for a phishing scheme, and maybe if Hillary didn't put her server to circumvent Congress's oversight authority into the mom-and-pop shop bathroom closet, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Remember Politico reported, this is all in the Federalist, by the way, they, there was a great article that they wrote about this. This is back a while ago. I can't, they can't even keep up. Remember the, a, a woman, apparently an essay claiming that Trump's pick for Secretary of of the Treasury, Steve Mnuchin, had overseen a company that foreclosed on a 90-year-old woman after a 27-cent payment error? Uh, no, that turned out not to be true. You know, the, whole, the whole claim in the, in the article was untrue. You know, the woman in question was never foreclosed on, never lost her home, and it wasn't Mnuchin's bank that brought the suit. Remember the claim Nancy Sinatra was complaining about the inaugural ball and playing My Way? She never had said any such thing, CNN. You know, when are they going to apologize for colluding with the Clinton campaign, the New York Times, political, CNN, MSNBC, or the non-existent climate change website purge, as the New York Times pointed out? You know, okay, they, they had purged any climate change references. Well, okay, it was a new web, a new administration. It wasn't a purging. They put their information up. The great Martin Luther King bust was removed from the White House. 
you know, the, the resignations at the State Department that turned out being false. You know, the, the Photoshop hands affair. Remember that one? The Reuters account hoax. You know, the purported to identify two shooters who perpetrated the crime, but the story was a Reuters parody account on Twitter. Oopsie daisy. And just last week, how many times did the New York Times mess up? Attacking Melania, unfairly calling her a horrible name and tweeting out a false Michael Flynn account and on Twitter. People have talked about a miracle. Uh, I'm hearing about a nightmare. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. And that's the part where the pain comes. Uh, this network devoted years of programming and promotional support to a reality show that was mold-breaking for the time and contributed largely to making this uh, New York developer, uh, uh, builder, yeah. licensor, landlord, investor, um, a successful guy into a global celebrity and brand, a brand That's true. who sells brand name licensed products with his name on it. I think some of this cultural anger we should correctly identify as being racial animus and that it's significant that Trump is that Trump has closed so much of a gap and done so well with white voters. The extent to which Donald Trump has won running a campaign of racism and bigotry, turning out millions of white Americans for that campaign, suggests that we are living through a kind of second redemption. Our country is about to face some serious crises. And so, I mean, buckle up. Your country needs you. Well, America is crying tonight. I'm not sure how much of America, but a very, very significant portion. And I mean literally crying. Yeah. This is a sadness. It is a, a mourning moment for, for those people. Uh, and it is it is a moment filled with fear, fear, filled with fear. Tim Kaine has a son in the Marine Corps. He was asked by John Duck Dickerson, so if Donald Trump is democratically elected and your son is serving as a Marine, you wouldn't trust his life under that commander-in-chief? And Kaine said, I wouldn't. That's a pretty extraordinary thing to say uh, if you have a son in the Marine Corps and that you don't trust the commander in chief. The, the people in the military defend the Constitution. And we've talked about excitement among women to have a woman president, but uh, there's, there's always in these situations at least equal amounts of hostility to that kind of change. And the fact that, we, you know, that we're seeing this, uh, uh, particularly among non-college educated white men, is not surprising. And I think some of it has to be attributed to the fact that, that Trump is running against a woman. Do the brains that got this guy elected president tonight apply to being a good president? I leave it as an open question. I hope there's some connection. Otherwise, we have a dingbat as president. We have a guy <laughs> with no ability to be president. It's hopeless with terrible values and incompetence galore. And we're just into doomsday right now. I'm just not ready to accept that, uh, that sort of notion right now in my head. I have to think there's got to be a pony in this crap pile. <laughs> There has to be a pony in there somewhere. He did all of the dog whistles. This is not Bernie Sanders populism. This is George Wallace populism that he's doing. All that many of us have fought for all our life is at stake, and we're not going down without a fight. Donald don't need to know that. Give me a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to kill myself, and I'm not kidding. You better fix this right now. I literally am going to die. I need an ambulance.
doom and gloom and lies and more lies and more fake news. They never vetted Obama. They never told the truth of his failure. They colluded with Hillary. They never thought Donald Trump could win. They were wrong every step of the way. They don't understand the state of the country, the failure of liberalism, what contributed to all of this, and the, they have now declared it's basically open warfare. But if you listen to those comments, that was just from election night. If you listen to the comments, it is, it's really the American people, those really racist Americans that did this. A racist president, a misogynistic president, a dictator in the making here that did all of this. Just as a never-ending attack. Anyway, uh, there's so much to get to. So much to get to. And, you know, look at the, the, I guess it's President's Day. And so we have all these people out protesting, at least in Boston, by the way, the left-wing pseudo-intellectuals. They thought they would turn out to protest Trump, and they were expecting 10,000 people. And that didn't work out too well, apparently. We're not going away. You call them up. You overload their switchboards. You email them. You shut down their service. You show up to their offices, and you blow them out of their offices. You stand up as Americans. People united will never be defeated. The people united will never be defeated. Trump is not my president because my president would have a care or concern for the old, the sick, the young. My president would understand that we need health care for all. Single payer. All You get the picture. Now, the latest issue is about, well, Donald Trump said that there's violence. Yeah, there is violence all over Sweden. He was right. You know, Sweden took in, received, got, what, 160,000 asylum applications. They have a population of 9.5 million. The Express, uh, the UK Express put out unparalleled growth spark warnings. Public services couldn't absorb the impact. The country, Sweden has seen a surge in crime and violent incidents since the migrant crisis started. In February 2016, the National Criminal Investigation Services was forced to admit more than 50 areas in Sweden are now labeled as no-go zones. Sex crimes, attacks on police, drug dealing, children carrying weapons are common occurrences. And now even Canada is dealing with uh, uh, the Mideast refugee crisis. Canadian Broadcasting Company. Just when the president announced his uh, travel ban, terrorist travel ban three weeks ago, the prime minister, Trudeau, rushed to the microphones to proclaim Canada would never think of such a thing. Well, anyway, now the CBC is pointing out worry, worry grows over the influx of asylum seekers. Refugee claims that Canada-U.S. border have doubled over two years. The federal Manitoba Conservative Caucus expressed concerns about the spike in illegal border crossings, a phenomenon some attribute to Donald Trump's tough stance on illegal immigration and his travel ban. Quite often, the asylum seekers come in the middle of the night. They pound on the door. They ring the doorbell. They tap on glass, and residents are anxious about the situation. Now back to Sweden. You know, LifeZet, that website had a pretty interesting article out there today. I know the fake news media has had two days 
you know, to report the facts of what's really going on in Sweden. But now they're still joking. Donald Trump just made the whole thing up. It's not true. Donald Trump tweeted out the fake news media is trying to say large scale immigration in Sweden is working out beautifully. It's not. A woman was was brutally raped in Sweden this week. Her account of the incident suggests the attack is only the latest in an escalating number of sex crimes inflicted by Muslim migrants into the country. This attack occurred in a parking lot at a shopping center at 7.30 at night on Wednesday evening. I screamed for help, but when he put a hand over my mouth, he brandished a large knife. The blade was probably 30 centimeters long, and I could only think about my children. This was a mother in her 40s, pulled into the parking lot to refill the car's wiper fluid. I, you know, and what is she supposed to do at that moment? Anyway, uh, she was in one of Sweden's more notorious no-go zones, crime-ridden Muslim migrant ghettos, so dangerous even police officers fear to venture into it. This rape comes only days after Swedish opposition politicians demanded the government invest millions of dollars in police forces to cope with the high levels of migrant crime and only weeks after a group of Muslim migrants live-streamed the gang, gang rape of a native Swedish woman over Facebook. They tore her clothes off. They laid, her, they laid, laid down on top of her, who witnessed the gang rape as it was happening. My heart broke watching this. Oh, really? I guess Trump is right. President Trump about this ha- also went on to say that uh, the Sw- Sweden proves that you know, these Muslim migrants have a come from a very different culture, many of them. Cultural. I keep talking about a cultural divide. You grow up in a country where you're a man. Lauren, you, you've got to cover yourself in there. I'm going to tell you how to dress every day. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you if you can come to work or go to school. Uh, I'll tell you, you cannot drive a car. You cannot travel abroad without my permission. Gays and lesbians are killed under Sharia law on a regular basis in these Muslim-majority countries. Many of them. Not all of them. Many of them. Christians and Jews are persecuted. Sixteen Muslim countries won't accept a passport if you happen to be have an Israeli passport. Oh, who's right there? You know, the news media, do they care at all about our intelligence agencies not following the law, not minimizing General Flynn's conversation as the law requires and then leaking a conversation. No, they were just they're more fixated, I think, by a score of 18 to one, 18 times more coverage of a crisis at the White House that I can tell you is non-existent. And I've been there doing reporting now since uh, for the last month. I've been there every week for the last month. And now we got to hear lectures from Dan Rather. Dan Rather. Oh, he called the. The news media and well, they don't tell the truth. Then McCain can't help but get in on the action. This is how dictators get started. God bless Rand Paul. Thank God John McCain's not in charge of anything. And if he and Lindsey Graham, I guess if they want to make it a 50-50 split in the Senate, I guess they can both go to the Democratic Party. You know, and he did it on foreign soil. And they were at odds because of a lot of reasons. But everything that he says about the president's colored by his own personal dispute, blah, 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 blah. He'll bankrupt the nation. John McCain doesn't. John McCain, what does he want? Another war? They even attack Melania Trump. She introduced her husband at 
the rally in Melbourne, Florida this weekend, and she said the Our Father prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And I'm re- well, she read it. Okay, when, when English is your fifth language, you tell me about, well, maybe she had a couple of notes in front of her, and just to make sure she didn't make a mistake, because you would have brutalized her if she made a mistake. Okay, I can't learn a second language. Me hable poquito español after estudio en escuela tres años. I can't speak Spanish. I studied it four years. I still can't speak it. Latin, I can't speak anything. Really? She understands five languages? English is her fifth? Oh, she had a, a set of notes. You got opposition from every radical left-wing group in this country have now organized against this president. What they're not telling you is obvious. Well, he kept his pr- promise to withdraw from TPP. He keeps bringing company after company in, starting with Carrier and then moving to Ford and then moving to Chrysler Fiat and then moving to, you know, what, Intel? They're going to build 10,000 spend $7 billion and create 10,000 American jobs. He didn't tell you about Keystone uh, XL Pipeline or Dakota Access Pipeline promises he made, and he wants the equipment made in America for the pipe. They didn't tell you about the resolution to, you know, block burdensome protectionist rules that are hurting the coal industry so coal miners can get back to work or to eliminate costly regulation and Hopefully, eventually get rid of 75%. They didn't tell you he saved $700 million on a new batch of F-35 fighters. They didn't tell you about how they cost the, they dropped the cost of Air Force One's fleet dramatically, millions of dollars below what the deal was. They didn't tell you that he enhanced security of the United States, and he now is in the process of following up on the promise to build the border wall. He's going to redo the executive order on on extreme vetting, he's also getting rid of sanctuary cities, as he promised that he and the directed the attorney general to get a strategy to get rid of all these crimes going on in cities like Chicago or establish the task force led by the attorney general to reduce crime or that he refocuses the federal government's energy and resources on dismantling transnational criminal organizations and drug cartels or instructing federal agencies to minimize the burden of Obamacare or to get rid of two existing regulations for any new one or the Commerce Department streamlining federal permitting process so that companies can get back to work again or the executive order expediting environmental reviews that won't take 14 years so we can actually drill and become energy independent. You know, that he ordered the Department of Treasury, they sanctioned 25 entities and individuals involved in Iran's ballistic missile program that he put sanctions on Iran, an executive order establishing a five-year lobbying ban, a hiring freeze. He put Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, or he's putting him there. I mean, good God, do you hear any of this in the media? Nothing. You would think he is a horrible human being, a racist, sexist, liar, dictator. If you listen to either the establishment like McCain and Graham or the news media in this country. It's a national disgrace. It's media malpractice. It's abusing you, the American people, and it's constant lying. John Hannity. Here's the bottom line. We've got to keep our country safe. You look at what's happening. We've got to keep 
our country safe. You look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden. Who would believe this? Sweden. They took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. You look at what's happening in Brussels. You look at what's happening all over the world. Take a look at Nice. Do you think that Sweden has a responsibility to adapt to the immigrants' culture coming in? Definitely. Should a, a woman, when they come here, dress, you know, modestly, you know, with pants and with, with sleeves? Is that important? It is our culture. If you come to Rinkeby, uh, obviously, everywhere in Sweden is a dress code, you know. I got Swedish girlfriend. Sometimes I say we go to Rinkeby, it's scared. Right. It's scared. Is it dangerous here sometimes? Mm, sometimes, yeah. We found out exactly how dangerous when while we were setting up a shoot at a neighboring location, we were approached by five men and told to leave. While my crew took off, I stayed to simply ask why we had to leave. Because I was still wired, we had the sound of what happened next. How come it's a problem to, uh, to film here? I don't want to be filmed. I know, but why? What's the... What's the why? I, don't, I, don't, I just don't want to spawn, you know? But why? why let me see. Why? Let me see. 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 I'm not filming anything. Look, look. Show me, show me what you got. Let go of me. Show I'm, me what you got. Show me. I'm, I'm show let, me you I let go. I'll show you. I don't want your phone. Show me. Let go. Of us. I was not the first person assaulted by gangs of immigrants, nor will I be the last. But women are taking the brunt of the explosion of violence across Sweden. Has there been an increase in violence and crime here in Sweden? More violence and uh, harder violence with the guns and... What type of weapons are you guys seeing on the streets? You can see Kalashnikovs, hand grenades from the east, guns, handguns. Everything you can find in Afghanistan, you can find here. This is a former police station which had to be moved a couple of years ago. Now the police will tell you that it simply became too unsafe for them to have a full-time presence here. Would you go as far as to say that these no-go areas are essentially states within a state? Yeah, most of the no-go areas is like that. Are there areas where there, if you're pursuing uh, somebody, where you'll simply stop and not pursue them once they get into this no-go area? Yeah. yeah. If uh, the police is chasing uh, uh, another car for some kind of crime, if they reach uh, what we call no areas, the police wouldn't go after it. Do you see the violence really spreading across Sweden into the cities? At least one or two times a week. And, and let's say five years ago, how often would you say it was? No. Three times a year. That was Ami Horowitz, one being attacked. Oh, in Sweden by immigrants. And then, of course, talking to Swedish police officers about the increase in violence in Sweden. UK Express pointed out that they have in Sweden received more than 160,000 asylum applications. Remember, Sweden's a small country, a population of just 9.5 million. We have they wrote in that article that public services can't absorb the impact and they have seen, quote, a surge in crime and violent incidents since the migrant crisis started. And in February 2016, the National Criminal Investigation Service was forced to admit that more than 50 areas are now being labeled as, quote, no-go zones as sex crimes, attacks on police, drug dealing, and children carrying weapons were, quote, common occurrences. Wow. Sounds like the media got it wrong again as they were bashing Trump. Trump tweeted earlier today that give the public a break. 
The fake news media is trying to say large-scale immigration in Sweden is working out just beautifully. He said, nope, not true. And he's right. You know, Sweden really has proven what we've said. There have been multiple ugly sorts, almost on a nightly occurrence there. You know, the description, by the way, is written by a senior Swedish police investigator who the Swedish government is now trying to silence by investigating him for inciting racial hatred. But, you know, he went on to say that, um, you know, a Swedish police officer offered up a little more than the truth. And he went on to say in the beginning that he was so blanking tired and warned that what I will write here is not politically correct. And then he says, this is what I've handled Monday through Friday this week. Rape, rape, robbery, aggravated assault, rape, assault, rape, extortion, blackmail, assault, violence against police, threats to police, drug crimes, drugs, crime, felony, attempted murder, rape again, extortion again, and ill treatment. Suspected perpetrators, Ali Muhammad, uh, Mahmoud Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, not obviously. So, yes, he goes in and then Christopher, yes, he said a Swedish name snuck in on the edges of a drug crime. And then he went on, Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, again, again, again. Countries representing all crimes this week, you know, that they come from Iraq, Iraq, Turkey, Syria, Afghanistan, Somalia, Somalia, Syria again, Somalia, and half the suspects we can't be sure because they don't have any valid papers. That's a police officer in Sweden, but he got in trouble for writing that. Pam Geller is the founder and editor of the publisher of the Geller Report, and president of the American Freedom Defense Initiative, Rahim Kassam, is the editor of Breitbart London. We'll start with you, Mr. Kassam, and ask you, is that what's happening in Sweden, or is the media in America right saying he's wrong, about, the president's wrong about Sweden? What's the truth? Well, Sean, Sean, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I, uh, I hate to say it, having just got back from Sweden, a country where you know you associate it with IKEA and Leggy Blonde, um, that was not what I found um, when I went to both uh, Malmo and Stockholm, to the suburbs of Rosengard, Rinkeby, where Army Horowitz was, and Husby as well. And I was there just last week, Sean. The situation on the ground is this. As soon as I pulled out of my cab at Husby, I was surrounded by four drug dealers, all trying to sell me what they call hashish and marijuana. Um, that is how they approach any strangers, anybody coming to the area. That is the first thing they think you're coming to those areas for. The second thing is they think you might be undercover police. Uh, and, and, and I was made to feel very unwelcome as a result of that, made to feel they were shouting across the street, popo, popo, which is their sign of, of, of police, undercover police. And within five minutes in Husby, I actually watched two police cars negotiate uh, the arrest of one man out of a central building uh, which was being guarded by a group of migrant men. This is how the police have to treat these areas now. They have to go in unarmed, with their heads down, walk up to the door and say, please, may we arrest this person? Uh, and that's exactly what they were doing. The situation in Sweden is absolutely dire, and Donald Trump has done the country a great service by bringing this to the world's attention, Sean. What is your take on this, Pam? What do you hear from people as part of your organization? Well, this is why President Trump called the media the enemy of the American people, or as I have often called it, the enemy media. They're actively lying to the public to keep them ignorant about what's really happening. And the brouhaha about Trump's remarks, the truth, and truth, of course, now is the new hate speech, is a case in point. I mean, Trump was referring to that Fox News report, um, journal, Ami uh, Horowitz's detailing of crime and, and, and rape epidemic caused by the Muslim migrants in Sweden. But this is going on. I mean, I have a separate category at the Geller Report for Sweden Jihad. Just weeks ago, the MPs in Sweden were calling for billions 
of dollars for the police to fight the migrant crime epidemic. And a government agency admitted there were no less than 50 no-go zones. In February of 2016, the National uh, Criminal Investigation Service was forced to admit that there were more than 50 areas that were labeled no-go zones. And a former deputy chief of the Serious Crimes Division said, and I'm quoting, our pensioners are on their knees, the schools are a mess, healthcare is an inferno, the police is completely destroyed, everyone knows why, but no one dares to say why or wants to say why. I have readers in Europe, I have readers in Switzerland that tell me they cannot go to the grocery store, that Nordstan, which is Sweden's largest shopping center, um, is now closed at 8 p.m. because these gangs have taken them over. They're afraid to go shopping. They're afraid to go marketing. They walk their 16-year-old, 17-year-old daughters to school. And Sweden's prime minister was brutalized in parliament for allowing Sweden to crumble into a lawless state. What Donald Trump said was true. But as, as we have seen, there is a war on the truth. Well, we see that every single day. And, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Like in France, when they say there's no-go zones, and I've talked to people again and again and again that tell me, yeah, there are. And they're saying the same thing here. And I guess what's frustrating to me is somebody that is a, a, a conservative. I just, I, how, where is your desire to get the truth if you're in the media? I don't think it exists anymore. I, th- this is what I keep saying. I think that the media now has been exposed through WikiLeaks. They never vetted Obama. They never told the truth about how bad his presidency was. They were in collusion with Hillary Clinton and her campaign. And now they never thought Donald Trump had a chance to win. They did everything they could do to hurt him, and he still won. And now Donald Trump takes them on, and now they've just decided to declare war on him. And by doing that, they're really declaring war on the people that put him in office. They're declaring war on anyone who speaks the truth, and he is, by proxy, the voice for the voiceless. I mean, look, even today, Buzz News, uh, BuzzFeed News, which he called a fake news outlet, which it is, did a huge piece on me because I did a report on the no-go zones in Paris. So it's a piece smearing me, calling for my suspension on Twitter. Now, I have videos. I linked a, a report at The Express. This is what they do. They smear, defame, and libel the messenger. Why? Because then you kill the message. How can the message be valid if the messenger is such a, you know, a demonized, marginalized cretin? And this is what they're trying to do to Trump. And that's why I salute you. And I salute everybody out there that's standing up for Trump. And uh, the, the, the Republicans that are coming out against him should be excoriated, reviled, and thrown out of office because this is what we don't do. The right does not stand up for our people like the left. The left Left man, they circle the circle the wagons. We circular firing squad our own people. That's got to stop. He can't do this alone. We have to stand up. Where he's finally. I mean, look, Sean. How long do you know me? How long have I, you had me on your show? I mean, it's over a decade where we've been reporting on this, and we've hit a tipping point. And now that we have our man in the White House, we must do everything, everything to have his back. Agreed, Kasim uh, Rahim. Yeah, Sean. I mean, look. When it comes to the no-go zones, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about these places, and and a lot of talk about why the journalists don't seem to report on them from these areas, or even uh, Anglosphere journalists getting the truth out there about this. And I'll give you one example. Elle magazine, this women's magazine, asked me if I wanted to do a job swap for a day because they wanted to run Breitbart London for a day, and they wanted me to see what it looked like to run a quote feminist magazine. Now, of course, Elle is not a feminist. 
feminist magazine. They use women's insecurities to sell them. Uh, uh, <laughs> however, I said to them, I've got a better idea. How about I'm going to Molenbeek next week. This was a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to Molenbeek next week in Brussels. Why don't you come with me? We'll have a walkabout. I will pay for all the security and everything you need to feel safe, but we'll have a walkabout and we'll see how you feminists, in inverted commas, are treated. I got no answer well, from them afterwards. Well, it's- guys, stay right there. I want to hear more about this walkabout. Maybe I'll do the walkabout and we can stop at a couple of pubs on the way and see if we have some fun. But we'll continue with Raheem Kassam, editor of Breitbart London, and Pam Geller, president of the American Freedom Defense Initiative. Putting America and Americans first. Now there's a novel idea. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, as we continue with Pam Geller and Raheem Kassam and how wrong the media is just on the issue of violence that has emerged as a result of the migrant crisis all throughout Europe, what are the crimes that we're seeing there, specifically in Sweden, uh, Raheem? Yeah, well, of course, the big one is rape and sexual assault and sexual harassment. This is young women often targeted, young Swedish women uh, often targeted by groups of non-native Swedish men. These people come from, by and large, they, uh, they're people from the Balkans, from the Yugoslavia. Um, they're people from Somalia. They're people from uh, Iraq, uh, Iran, Syria, etc. Um, and, and this is exactly what's happening. Uh, they've been pushed out of the suburbs such as Husby and Rinkaby. The native populations there are now in the minority. And I've got to tell you, I was walking around there just last week, and it astonished me to think about the integration element of this. It astonished me how many of these ghetto apartments, these flats that we see, these big buildings, have big, brash satellites on the outside. And I said to one of my guides, what's that all about? How could these guys all have satellites? He said, they want to get TV from their countries. They don't speak English. They want to watch television from where they're from. And this is something, this, there are many elements that play into these no-go zones. There are many elements of criminality, of non-integration, but this is something that's really critical and that the state is not challenging these people to learn English, to identify as Swedish, to, to, to assimilate into society. I had a cab driver called Jamal in Sweden, who said he was offered free government housing in Rinkaby. He said there was no way in hell I was moving there. It is far too dangerous, even for him, as somebody who came from one of the uh, one of the countries I've mentioned. Um, so, so you get a lot of that sexual assault, sexual violence, but that you must not underestimate how much drugs play into this, how much marijuana, how much uh, hashish, and how much some stronger substances like heroin play into this as well. Sweden has not policed its borders historically. It has only started to perfunctorily uh, uh, police its borders in the last couple of years. Before that, you could smuggle guns in, you could smuggle grenades in, you could smuggle drugs in. No problem Let me whatsoever. Let me give the last minute if I can. That is fueling the gangs. And, and Pam, I, that's all I hear from all the people that I know and trust that are on the ground all throughout Europe. Listen, when I spoke in Stockholm, the Muslim anti-Gallic crowds were so fierce, one cop lost an eye. The claims against sexual attacks, sexual assaults, has surged by 70% in just two years. You know, you have these gangs that are turning these shopping centers into no-go zones. Arson jihad attacks continue unabated. Women are terrified to to leave their homes. Uh, Sweden has now, uh, their train stations have had major evacuations on a regular basis after multiple bomb threats. Police officers are summoned in what is basically an ambush 
ambush, a ruse. They're summoned for some crime, and then they are ambushed and attacked by, by mobs. This is going on every day. The idea that the media, if they don't report on a war, then the war is not happening, shows how deluded they are. This is a tinderbox. I, honestly, I think these people purposely don't want to hear the truth. It's media malpractice. It's journalism being dead. It is, you know, now it's an outright war. We'll continue. Thank you both for being with us. After just 27 days in office, the Trump administration, which promised change, has delivered chaos. Well, I think there's a lot of confusion. Um, there's a lack of detail. And really what we've seen from this administration and really this Congress so far is a lot of chaos and confusion. Right after what can only be described as an afternoon and evening of confusion at the White House over the fate of General Michael Flynn, the national security advisor. I've been talking about Michael Flynn since he was chosen for this job as a problem and a problem that would end up spinning out of control. The media, of course, did not fire General Flynn. President Trump did. And what the media did do was reveal to the nation that General Flynn had lied to the country and to the Trump team, including Vice President Pence. President Trump's enemies within the administration continue an unprecedented level of leaking for a presidency that is not yet two weeks old. Ray has resolved the second shakeup in a week on that team that has not yet begun. Trump's, quote, transition operation was, has plunged into disarray as a result of the second shakeup in a week on that team that has not yet begun to execute the daunting task of taking over the government. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour news roundup information overload. And, of course, there is your alt-propaganda left-wing media, you know, with their nonstop assault and verbal assault on the president. And, of course, fake news on a daily basis. And it never seems to it never seems like it's going to end. And what I've been telling people is they're just not going to stop. They want everything to be Watergate immediately. And yet how much did they ignore about Hillary Clinton, the foundation, the email server, Benghazi, all the millions and millions of dollars, quid pro quo dollars they've got? They ignored it. How did they ignore the failure and not educate the American people that Obama's policies had failed? How did they not vet him in 2007 and 2008? And now the breathlessness that leads the news every single newscast, every single night. Never mind the fact that they were all, every single one of these outlets, every single one of these cable channels, every single one of these newspapers, every single one of these broadcast networks were all found to be colluding with Hillary Clinton in her campaign. It's unbelievable the amount of, of bias that we are, are dealing with here. It's at a level I've never seen my entire life. Anyway, let's get to our busy telephones here. Christina is in Fresno, California. Hey, Christina, how are you? And we're glad you called. Yes. Uh, I just want to say our president is doing great. He treated the election like a job interview. And unfortunately, without term limits, our representatives will never treat elections that way. And if, if Reagan had access to Twitter, he used it like a boss, too. Listen, I don't have a problem with the Twitter. I don't know why Twitter is is driving them all as nutty as it is, but it really is driving them crazy. Yeah, it's his way of going over the heads of the media, just like Reagan did. He's just using it in a more technological way. And Trump has a teachable spirit. So if he's weak in one area, he's going to plug in the right people to school him on it. So you don't, you're don't, you not going to get that out of Hillary Clinton. If it's not in the rules for radicals, she's not teachable. Well, I agree with that, and I think it's very important what you're saying here. Look, you know what the main thing is? And this is where they're losing it. Look, they're less popular than the president, according to two polls that came out last week. They're less trusted than the president. The president did hit a 55 percent approval rate. 
people do think that he is getting the job done and keeping his promises. You got 65 percent of the American people now finally feel feel that the economy is is going in the right direction, or at least based on the plans that they're laying out for this. You know, you had, for example, Los Angeles, New York, D.C., Atlanta, Chicago. He's not my president. These people cannot accept that they've lost. They cannot accept what is happening. And there's nothing that should be surprising to them. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Thank you, Christine. Appreciate it. Uh, Don in Jacksonville, Florida, WOKV. Don, how are you? Glad you called. Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Uh, the uh, I think that Trump is doing exactly what he needs to be doing. And in regards to his rallies, it's good to see lots and lots of people rallying to support what the president is doing, because we voted him into office with a mandate to change something. And the the uh, left wing media, they can have all the people out there with masks and breaking things and all that stuff that they want. He's the president. Deal with it. That's just how it is. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, to me, I have zero, zero desire. If Trump keeps his promises, he wins. You know, network spent 18 times more coverage on the White House crisis versus the fact that our intelligence community is purposely leaking to hurt the president of the United States. It's pretty crazy, right? Uh, yes. Well, as to the leaks, uh, there should be some lengthy jail sentences that are attached to that, and that will shore that up. Agreed. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And by the way, I think they're going to get the leaker, although Obama made it hard when he left to do so by adding 16 other intelligence agencies to the list of people. Well, I think that if they started with Sally Yates and as a uh, an intelligence professional and a law enforcement professional, if they went and said, OK, you've made some statements saying that you understand that you heard this. Where did you hear it? It's kind of like if you and I were pulled over in a car that was stolen, mm-hmm. the officer would say, hey, uh, where did you get this car? Oh, my friend gave it to me. Who's your friend? I don't know. It would be, you know, we would be under arrest. If uh, if they are actually going to go and take the investigation to its fullest limits, everybody there is worried about their job. Nobody wants to go to jail for a long time. Somebody will tell on somebody, and they will get to the truth of it. I think they will. The only fear I have is, is I suspect that it might have been handed over. And if they did it that way, it probably makes it that much more difficult to to get them. Well, that's true. Well, they could do it Roman style. Uh, Romans, whenever they had a uh, disobedient legion, they would decimate the legion, meaning that they would reduce its number by 10 percent. So if you went in there and said, well, uh, we're going to uh, do some budget cutting and we're going to reduce this department by 10 percent, the amount of people that have been there for 18 years or however long, they know what's going on on the inside. They would definitely pony up the information that was needed, whether they were directly uh, in connection with it or not, to keep their job. And if not, well, the taxpayers would certainly like a 10 percent reduction in some of these departments. All right. Thanks, Don. I appreciate your call. Uh, agreed with that, too. And that's also part of the agenda. Carl is in Pensacola, Florida. Carl, how are you? And we're glad you called. Great, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing good, sir. What's going on? Good, good, good. I just think that the Democrats and the media, they're way overplaying their hand. Yeah, I mean, I th- I'm an ex-liberal Democrat, and um, I've been uh, been conservative for quite a while. But, um, I mean, even some of my liberal friends, are they're just like, you know, you, you, we hear you talking years ago about how the, the media is biased, and we see it now. I mean, they're absolutely showing who and what they are. And, you know, they're not... 
they're not doing themselves any favor. I'm glad to see them doing it because I think Trump's winning. I think the American people are winning. And I hope that they keep it up because they're showing what asses and booze that they really are. You know, all these years, because this has been my job, I've I've studied all this media bias. And in many ways, I think the, the my career success and possibility is made in part because they're so bad and they don't do their job. And, I, and I'm just using modern day examples. Not vetting Obama is a huge one to me. You know, only being asked one time about an unrepentant terrorist where you start your political career, a guy you sit on boards with, give speeches with. If Trump had hung out with such a person, it would have been asked 100,000 times and the American public would know everything about the Bill Ayers equivalent. If, uh, it, it, and then it becomes, all right, what did they tell you about Obama's record? Now, they supported Obama. And why haven't they apologized for being exposed as having colluded with Hillary? They, they just ignored the story and moved on through WikiLeaks. And then, you know, then it comes to the collusion that they have with the party, which shows that they all have an agenda. And now the agenda, they're not talking about the first 30 days, the first month of the Trump presidency and the success and the promises made. They're, just, they're talking about that he criticized them because they can't stand it. And if they were all so omnipotent and powerful, then Trump never would have been elected, would he? And the fact that he takes them on, I think, is important because it, it is an abuse of the American people. They're abusing their position. They're lying when they say that they're fair, balanced, and objective, and they're not. Like, well, there's no pretense on this show. But in all truth and all reality, you get more factual information, truth, on this program than you get from the mainstream media because the minute I get one little itty-bitty, itsy-bitsy thing wrong, they're all over me. They're constantly looking to get me caught up in a political point. You know, I'll give you one example. One day I was retweeting something that somebody had sent. I didn't read it closely. I'm always in a rush, 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 typical of me. And I thought it said M-A-G-A, Make America Great Again. And it was an M-R-G-A, Make Russia Great Again. Okay, it was, a, it was a mistake. I apologized on Twitter. Say, oops, I didn't read it. I apologize. You would think that I committed first-degree murder the way the media covered that. I mean, you know, I'm busy. I'm, I'm preparing to do my show for, for my audience every day because I have a, I have, that's my responsibility. So, yeah, sometimes I tweet things out quick and I don't pay attention. I've got to learn from that mistake and I'll still do it again because I'm always in a rush. But really, and then I, once I corrected it, nobody, wants, nobody cares about the correction. They, they didn't see it. You know, all the posts that I had made about never trusting Putin, never trusting the Russians, never trusting. It, it's so taken out of context by design. It's just dishonest and it's purposefully dishonest. And that's, that's, that's just how they are. All right, back to our phones as, let's say, hi to Mark in Boca Raton in Florida. What's up, Mark? How are you? Glad you called. Yeah, Sean, uh, just a quick question for you. Now that the Russian conspiracy is being put to rest, and obviously General Flynn knew there were no Russian contacts, so why did he lie to uh, Vice President? Well, there was contact. He was doing his job. He's the incoming NSA director, and while doing his job, he was reaching out to his counterparts, the NSA, CIA, FBI, I'm not sure which intelligence agency was in the process of of listening in and, and doing their job as, you know, spying on our adversaries and spying even on friends sometimes. And as part of the conversation, it was with General Flynn. Now, that is, we have very important laws on the books that prevent any such information like this from getting out. For example, once they identified that it was General Flynn and it was an American on the other line, 
they are supposed to do what's called minimization. And that is they are not supposed to be recording the American because they don't have a warrant to do so. Now, they can eavesdrop on other people, but you can't eavesdrop on Americans unless you have a FISA court permission or you have a warrant to do so. So what they did is illegal. They didn't follow through on on what the rules and regulation and laws are. And then on top of it, then they leaked the entire thing, the intelligence community, to the press as a means of getting back at General Flynn and Donald Trump. And that is the beginning of a police state. That means they can basically record any of us. If you believe in privacy like I believe in privacy, i got to tell you something. Privacy be damned in this case. Anyway, I appreciate the call, Mark. Thank you. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Final Hour Roundup is next. You do not want to miss it. And stay tuned for the Final Hour free-for-all on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, when we come back, News Roundup information overload is coming up next. To our busy telephones we go as we say hi to Jerry in uh, Florida. Jerry, how are you? We're glad you called, sir. Sean, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, I wanted to make a point that the reason the Democrat didn't feel compelled that anybody needed to read the bill that was over 2,000 pages long before they signed it was They were told, and I'm certain behind closed doors, I would bet my life on it, that they vote for this because it will ensure Democratic victories forever by taking over health care, by having this bill that would absolutely destroy our health care system and allow us to feel flummoxed to the point that we go along with their ultimate goal, which is a one-payer system, government gets to control everything, and the Democrats then control all the votes by telling, just like you always say, that, you know, Republicans are going to throw grandma over the cliff, you know. And uh, and so that's why they're so angry right now, though, is because this backfired on them. It didn't destroy as quickly as they wanted it to. And we basically threw their butts out of office. Listen, I got to tell you something. Obamacare led to 2010, and it led to 2014, as well as the immigration order. You know, I understand within Obamacare there's a lot of discretion for the Health and Human Services Secretary, and this is where this talk of repairing it came in, not repealing and replacing. That's not going to work because you get another liberal president one day, they'll just implement the whole thing all over again, and that too will be an unmitigated disaster. As the CEO of Aetna said, it's in a death spiral. And we I know, I, I mean, all of these companies, Humana now just said they're out in 2018, just like all the other companies that have pulled out. There's there's no choices available for people. And unfortunately, we're paying $5,400 more per family per year. We were supposed to save $2,500 per family per year. And none of those promises came through. And millions lost their doctors and millions lost their plans and millions have no options whatsoever. And it was a top-down system where it was going to be the young and healthy, basically, in a Ponzi scheme, funding the sick, the elderly, and the disabled. And, you know, rather than getting the the more common-sense plan for young people, which is like a catastrophic plan that incentivized one checkup a year, but God forbid you get into an accident, get cancer, get a heart attack at a young age, which rarely happens, you're still covered. You don't need to pay all this money for all this special care because most young people don't get sick. It just doesn't make sense. That a catastrophic plan is illegal under Obamacare because they they wanted the young to be funding the old. It was a redistribution scheme. 
All right, our news roundup information overload right back to our top story, uh, which is, of course, the media declaring war against the president and the American people. I also want to speak to you without the filter of the fake news. The dishonest media, which has published one false story after another, with no sources, even though they pretend they have them, they make them up in many cases. They just don't want to report the truth, and they've been calling us wrong now for two years. They don't get it, but they're starting to get it. I can tell you that. They've become a big part of the problem. They are part of the corrupt system. Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, and Abraham Lincoln, and many of our greatest presidents fought with the media and called them out oftentimes on their lies. When the media lies to people, I will never, ever let them get away with it. I will do whatever I can that they don't get away with it. They have their own agenda, and their agenda is not your agenda. In fact, Thomas Jefferson said, nothing can be believed which is seen in a newspaper. Truth itself, he said, becomes suspicious by being put into that polluted vehicle. That was June 14th, my birthday, 1807. But despite all their lies, misrepresentations, and false stories, they could not defeat us in the primaries, and they could not defeat us in the general election, and we will continue to expose them for what they are, and most importantly, we will continue to win, win, win. We are not going to let the fake news tell us what to do, how to live, or what to believe. We are free and independent people, and we will make our own choices. We are here today to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I hear your demands, I hear your voices, and I promise you, I will deliver. I promise that. Enemy of the people is uh, pretty far outside the what's the standard Republican playbook of attacking. The administrations always take uh, take offense when they're criticized and challenged, even inside the own Trump inside the administration itself. Is that just seems kind of beyond the pale? Joe, my question for you is: You know, we all, um, I think most of the people at this table uh, were alive and, and politically conscious uh, at the time of the right. Oklahoma City bombings. And every time that Donald Trump uses this kind of language, I always worry that it's an incitement to uh, elements of our country that are that might uh, go ahead and do something uh, when the president of the United States calls the press the enemy of the people that they might take that seriously right. so yeah this is very very dangerous and and it's one thing to say the press is liberal it's one thing to say the ninth circuit is liberal but when you start saying that somebody has uh, is an enemy of the people then that does incite people to violence especially if it's coming from the president of the united states you know donald trump sounds like a walking war crime 
Uh, and, and Jim Mattis, the defense secretary, is out to basically try and qualify everything and, you know, put it on a track that's consistent with uh, legality and international law. It's this awful polarization that we have now where people see the same reality and interpret it differently. And unfortunately, people don't have media literacy. They can't make a distinction between something that's actually fact-based and something that's not. I don't want to chase this rabbit too far down the hole in a sense uh, you can see viewers saying well the media is feeling uh, uh, burned or singed by this yeah so so the, and they're they're indulging themselves mm-hmm. and and so you don't want to fall into that trap but it is uh, a dangerous thing when the when the president tries to impeach the entire uh, media other than Rush Limbaugh, Fox News, and Alex Jones and some of the people uh, on the fringes. In the past, when the president has, when he was a candidate, and he targeted people, say, protesters at a rally, uh, some people found that uh, an opportunity to take license and uh, and target those people. You know what? My fear of the administration as it's shaken out so far is not that it's incipient fascism. It's that it's anarchy. All right. There you have it. There is the president. He's not backing down. He's taking on the Pravda of modern day, the alt-left radical media. By the way, all of what have they said? They constantly call him a liar and a racist and a misogynist and a dictator and a thug and every other name in between. The media is has failed at a spectacular level. Media dishonesty. I, I'll, I'll take my case back to the beginning of the Obama surge in 2007 and 2008 none of the mainstream media dared to vet him they never talked about frank marshall davis they were dragged one year after i talked about black liberation theology and the reverend wright and reverend wright did his one tv appearance they finally got the tapes they had to address it but they dismissed it quickly only one question in the course of a campaign over why he hang out was hanging out with and started his political career in the home of an unrepentant domestic terrorist who on all days of all days on 9-11-2001 said he wished he had done more. That's Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. Nor did the media tell you the story of the failure that was the Obama years, 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s, lowest home ownership rate in 51 years, accumulating more debt than 43 presidents before him combined. They never told the story that we told you. And then, of course, comes WikiLeaks and the collusion, the collusion with The New York Times, the collusion with Politico, the collusion with CNN and MSNBC and CNBC and every major network colluding and caught. And they never apologize. And they're worried about inspiring violence. Well, it was a a student that threw a two by four block of wood at the president's motorcade on Friday not far from the president's Mar-a-Lago, I guess, I guess White House South that the president goes to on the weekends. And the, and the media is so outraged over the, they're an enemy of the people. Well, they're not telling the story of Donald Trump's success in the first hundred days. Then they're, they're, too, they're too busy and bothered by the superfluous, you know, the chasing the rabbit that the greyhound chases around the track. And John McCain joining. This is how dictators get started. He said overseas in Germany. I'm like, wow, isn't it wonderful? John McCain continues to criticize the president of his own party while on foreign soil. Following his comment on Friday that uh, the Trump administration's in disarray. It's not. I've been there. I've been there as much as anybody. It's just not true. 
And I don't recall the media, Senator McCain, for that matter, being as outraged with Barack and Hillary describing the Republican Party as, quote, the enemy. That didn't outrage them. And when Trump rips the fake news that's out there, well, he's talking about what is now the propaganda arm of the left in this country. Anyway, joining us to discuss News Roundup Information Overload Hour, Jessica Tarlov is with us and Ron Christie is with us. Uh, Jessica, I mean, calling lies out for lies I don't think is a bad deal. They don't have to agree with everything the president says, but they have called him every name in the book. And the media did collude with Hillary Clinton and the media didn't do a good job vetting Obama and the media didn't do a good job describing the truth about Obama's failed eight years. Well, I mean, we're going to disagree about some of that. I think that well, what part are you disagreeing on? Let's be specific. That they didn't do a good job uh, covering Obama's eight years. There are. All right. All right. Let me let me ask this question. If if Donald Trump began his political career in the home of an unrepentant domestic terrorist, a part of a group that bombed the Pentagon, the Capitol, New York City mm-hmm. Police Headquarters. How many times do you think he would have been asked about that in the course of this campaign? Oh, I'm sure he would have been asked about it every single day. But every day. President how, Obama how many times was Obama? How many times was Obama asked about Bill Ayers in his campaign? I, I'm not sure actually exactly how. I have times. the answer. Frankly, one time. One, one time, time. and well, the question was fed. A lot more. And the question was fed to George Stephanopoulos by me, because <laughs> he was on my radio show the day before. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you got that out there. That's certainly a piece of information one that question. the Americans don't have about him. But I would argue on the other side of this, the media didn't do such a great job vetting Donald Trump. I mean, when you think about the fact that we have a president who is on tape talking about sexual assault, we haven't seen his tax returns. We know nothing of his business. With all due respect, he's been asked about his tax returns a million times. He He was the tape, the tape, the tape was played probably hundreds of thousands of times. So there's a big difference between that and and the treatment of Obama, Ron Christie. Well, there's no question about that, Sean. And let's just go and talk about one aspect of what the media has been saying. The Trump administration is in disarray. The Trump White House is in chaos. You've been there. I spent a lot of time there last week in the West Wing. It was quiet. People were working very hard, very diligently. And President Donald Trump has done exactly what he said he was going to do if he became president. He is looking for a way to build the wall. He's looking for a way to bring jobs to this country. And for all of the D.C. establishment types who make all these promises and never follow through, I look at the last 30 days and say it's a refreshing breath of air that this guy has brought to this city, that he's actually delivering, and yet the media and their derangement syndrome over him try to lie and try to mischaracterize everything he's doing and everything he's done. Can I just ask, just jump in really quickly, and I I accept that that is your read of it and yours as well, Sean, and I've spoken to other Republicans who've been around the White House and have said that it certainly isn't what it looks like from the outside or how it's being portrayed. But do you think that it is useful for him to be tweeting that the media is the enemy of the American people when he talks about the Sweden quote, I'm air quoting, I'm not with you, so you can't see me doing it, the Sweden incident, or when he lies about how many electoral votes he got and then says, oh, someone told me that. I mean, he has an accuracy problem for sure. Is that fair? No, I don't don't think so. I think when you look at the Sweden comment, it is absolutely true 
that Sweden has been overrun by migrants, immigrants coming from the Middle East, and they're committing crimes, and they're committing very serious offenses. And the president noted he'd been watching Fox News and said, I was appalled by what I'd seen in Sweden. So, okay, I, I will concede that he did not get the Electoral College number that he claimed that he had. But in the great scheme of things, so what? I mean, he got one thing wrong here, one thing wrong there. But what he has gotten right, Jesse, in my opinion, he's gotten it right of judging the mood of the American people, that they're tired of business as usual, and they want someone to come in here and drain the swamp. And he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do. All right, guys, stay right there. We'll come back. We'll continue more with our guests, Ron Christie, Jessica Tarlov. Still not sick of winning. Making America great again. Sean Hannity's on the air right now. All right, as we continue our news roundup and information overload hour here on the Sean Hannity Show, Jessica Tarlov, Ron Christie are with us. All right, so I guess the question is, if the media is going to go out there like they did this weekend and they have an agenda and they're attacking the president and they're calling him a dictator and John McCain joins the act, this is how dictatorships get started and so on and so forth, why shouldn't he fight back? Why shouldn't, if they're not going to cover his success and they're only going to slant the news to the superfluous, non-essential nonsense. Why shouldn't he fight back? I don't see any problem with it at all. Jessica? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, um, I, I think that there is a fundamental problem with the tone that is coming from both sides here. And I will put that on the mainstream media as well as I'll put that on the president. He won a campaign against the, quote, fake news, right? He's gotten us to a place now where he's trusted more than the media as an entire body. I think it was 45 to 42 in the latest poll, though 55% still want the media to cover him aggressively, right? So, but I, I take that as fact, as we are in a place where Americans don't trust the media. I think that now that he holds the highest office in the entire world, that it is time to give up saying things like the failing New York Times, as if that's what it's called. Hey, hey Jessica, Jessica, he's not you. And you know what? I know. He's, he's, so be, he he's he being himself. And historically, what he said about Jefferson and all of these other people is true. I, I hear what you're saying. I disagree with you. So you want him but, to act the way you want him to act. And no, the bottom I, line I is he's not going to take presidential. People used to criticize Barack Obama for the color of his suit. And, and it was one suit. It was that ugly tan suit. <laughs> oh, OK. So it's allowed. I thought he looked fabulous personally, but I would say that um, I, I think that there are many people and the polls reflect this as well, that want both sides to get along. And it's Democrats as well who want Democrats on the Hill to really the, the same Democrats Trump. that couldn't even. And, you know, we got one vote for one cabinet official. Those guys. Well, maybe you shouldn't put up crummy people. Oh, they're all crummy. Everybody's crummy. Oh, Everyone okay. Is crummy, Sean. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Uh, what's your reaction, Ron Christie? You know, Sean, I, I tell you this. I, I am so sick and tired of the way that the media is acting uh, with people like Chuck Todd in particular. Chuck Todd saying this is un-American and how upset he is. And this is the same knucklehead that was colluding with Hillary Clinton, with Hillary Clinton's campaign, trying to feed not only information to her campaign, but of course bending over backward to kiss her rear end and those of congressional Democrats. So these same press people who pretend to be so upset and aghast at Donald Trump's behavior are the very people who are not reporting the news to the American people, but they're trying to shade it. And I applaud the president. I really do give him a lot of credit for saying, you know what, if you're going to try to say these things about me and to lie about me, 
I'm going to call you out by name and by network and say, this is why what you're saying is so dishonest and you're doing a disservice to the American people. I've had enough. I mean, for having worked for President George W. Bush for four years and watching that level of dishonesty with him, I'd say this is a multiplier of about a thousand, and it's about time someone called them out on their nonsense. Do you guys think that Donald Trump ever lies, or it's only the media that lies? I think the media lies every day, and it's what they choose to cover, what they don't choose to cover, and the truth that they don't seem to be want, willing to tell. Here you have a, a pretty amazing 30 days, and nobody's telling the telling anybody about the success of Trump. They have an agenda to attack and destroy him, and frankly, it's just an insult to all the people that voted for him, but I'm, I'm out of time, unfortunately. Guys, thank you both. When we come back, wide open telephones, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we'll get into this again, our top story, media declaring war on Donald Trump and you, the American people, and the latest uh, on media malpractice, which will be my opening monologue tonight on Hannity, 10 Eastern. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look, look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown. D Donald, Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald <laughs> Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. Which Republican candidate <clears throat> has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. <laughs> President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. So basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end? This is probably starting of the beginning of the end for, for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now we have Hillary's about a 75 or an 80 percent favorite. We have different versions yeah, of the forecast you can look at. Poll has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But, but come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. That's it. I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, uh, we project, will win in Kentucky, in Indiana, with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, 
Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you. All right, 23 now told the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, how wrong they have been and how wrong they are now, and you know, which is our top story. You cannot get away from the media war that they've declared against Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's not taking it. He's fighting back. But it's, it's deeper than this. It's, it's, they have now been exposed as lazy, agenda-driven, and now they feel that every single insignificant thing is big news. Every tweet is big news. Trump calling them out. Big news. Is there any chance of introspection or some self-analysis here of these people and just how awful they are? Here it is. He's been in office for one month today. One month. And look at the coverage every day. All right, let's get to our busy telephones here. Uh, let's say hi to John is in Tennessee, Limestone, Tennessee. What's going on, sir? How are you? Hey, how are you doing? First of all, I'd like to tell you it's a real privilege to talk to you. Uh, the honor's all mine. Uh, I just got three things I want, I want to ask you. One is uh, when does the freedom of speech cross the line into propaganda? Well, it is you know, propaganda. I mean, this is the equivalent of Pravda. This is propaganda media. This is agenda-driven media. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to call it. It is an all-out frontal assault against the president. And, and, then, and then that goes into my second, my second point. When you're trying to undermine the government, that, isn't that treason? I mean, isn't this, isn't this a, a, an act of treason, what, what they're doing? I mean, they're purposely going you know, over them with all the things that we're facing in this, in this world, and they're being petty. They're worried about losing the Democratic Party. Because they know if Trump does half of what he says, that party's going to be dissolved. There's nothing left of it. I mean, why, why would anybody want to be a Democrat after this, this show they're putting on? Look, to me, this is very, very straightforward. Donald Trump, if he's successful, and so far he shows a, a pretty good, you know, all the results that he's achieved. I mean, the moratorium agreeing for the U.S. to withdraw from TPP and you know, hosting all these companies like Intel's going to spend $7 billion and and Carrier before he got in and Ford before he got in and Chrysler Fiat before he got in. And, for example, Jack Ma and all the money that he wants to invest in the country, Keystone, North Dakota Pipeline, Dakota Access Pipeline, you know, all the foundations he set to repeal and replace, his attempts to vet refugees, all the he's set the table now for building the wall and energy independence and his economic plan will be unveiled. I mean, his success is their failure. Oh, absolutely. And, and look at the speed that he's doing with. I mean, I just can't see how a, a, an educated human being can sit there and look at what he's doing and still want to throw stones at the man. I mean, the, the, I mean, I, I, I love this president. I, I, I was hoping for the for half of what he was doing. And I, I'm just. I'm, every day I wake up proud to be an American. Well, you I, should. And I've got to tell you, the level of optimism by Americans about the economy is now at an all-time high. And, and, it, and it should be. Look at how hard he's working. The man doesn't sleep, like you and him, like you're cupping the same stone. 
You know, it's it's. That's it's, why the only time I've ever talked to him is usually about twelve midnight, one a.m. <laughs> I guess the only reason I've ever talked to him is because there's nobody left to talk to, and I'm the only one on the list that he knows is up. That's. Uh, well, Henry, I would love to have you with Nixon. You get him in his ear. You let him know that I overnighted my vote and paid forty dollars to make sure I got there. That's how important it was. Good for you. I was working out of town, and I'm just very proud that he's our president. Agreed. Very proud. Thank you, sir. But they don't want him to succeed. It, look, his success will result in, a, in four years in a landslide of 40-plus states. That's how, that's how dramatic it will be. States that you never thought would turn red will turn red. When jobs are, if jobs are created, safety and security is built up, energy is independent, a better health care system. If he follows through on a promise to build the wall, whether you agree or disagree, he finally follows through on a promise, you see the wall, and education gets improved. I, you know, how does he lose? It doesn't matter. All this is noise. Their hope, of course, is, is that, you know, he'll mess up in, in such a big degree that they, they can remove him from office. Before he ever got there, that has been their intention and their desire. Uh, Martha in Winchester in Virginia. Hi, Martha. How are you? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Mr. Sean. What's going on? Oh, I watched that rally from the prayer at the beginning all the way through to the end. It was so heartening, and especially when he brought up the, the man, I've forgotten what he does for a living, I'm sorry, brain, but I've slept since then. But he was a working man who wanted Oh, the to guy work. that he brought up that he saw had been interviewed while he was flying in? That was pretty funny. Yes, yes, exactly. He saw that, and he... He spotlighted him. He always steps back and will will point at the person and say, hey, yeah, get, give, him, give him a round of applause. He's always building somebody else up. And the big thing here in the difference between Trump supporters and Clinton slash Democrat supporters is that the Trump supporters want to work. And he keyed into that and said, yeah, let's get everybody back to work. The other side doesn't want to work. They want to get their benefits. They want the free the free lunch, the free ride, the free whatever. But once these people who are doing the free stuff actually have to work for a living, or I'm sorry, get to work for a living, they will get infected with that bug called self-responsibility, autonomy, strength. Wait a second, how many taxes are coming out of my paycheck? And they will come over to his side because they'll see the benefit of doing something for yourself, and that builds up everybody around them as well. And you talk about getting rid of or really putting a big dent in poverty, more people working, more people responsible, and the kids see somebody who isn't just getting a check every month for, and not doing anything for it, it's going to change an entire generation. And that is what the mainstream media does not see, will not see, and doesn't want anybody else to recognize. Nobody, un- listen, I'm going to tell you something. They don't get it, and they don't want to get it. They don't want to get it. And If somebody else gets it. Well, I, look, and you know, I'm a pretty simple person. I mean, I, everyone knows my life experience by now and, and decades, not, not just a summer job. I spent decades doing real hard blue-collar work, and I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of everything that I did. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, those those Americans, our fellow Americans that are in poverty on food stamps out of the labor force that can't buy a house, they're suffering. And mm-hmm. that's what this election was about. And for me, it, all of this is a lot of noise that I think the president, for the most part, should ignore and keep fighting. And you know what? Combating it is fine. 
But if he gets jobs for those people and he saves factories and he saves manufacturing centers and and he gets a hold of health care and he makes the country safer through vetting and the wall, he does it fixes education, makes us energy independent. These are all deeply profound things. And if he makes life better, if government for once will be run like a business and it makes life better for all the Americans suffering because of failed government, it, do, it doesn't matter what these people say. They had no influence. They thought they had them. They thought they beat them. They thought they did you see their faces on election night? It was like a funeral. And it wasn't one network. It was every network. They, it was like they could not believe what was unfolding before their eyes. How dare the American people vote for somebody so, you know, oh, my God, not as couth and he's not a part of the club. Thank God he's not a part of the club. I'm not a part of the club either. And that's why I stay away from those people. That's why I haven't been to a Washington Correspondents Dinner my entire career. I don't want to see. I'll be perfectly blunt. But for maybe a couple, a small few, I don't like them. I don't really respect them. And you know what? They don't like me and they don't respect what I do. So let's not pretend anymore. The people that I care about are the very people that I define the day after Election Day and before the election, the forgotten men and women in this country that deserve better from their government. And none of this should be a part of the, the narrative in the country right now. None of it. But they don't care. This should be today's... Top news story ought to be about what he's accomplished in 30 days and what he needs to do to fulfill his promises. That's it. Anyway, back to our busy uh, telephones here. Christina is in. Oh, is that AJ? Let's go to AJ first. Big time AJ Houston, Texas. What's going on, baby? Big time Sean Hannity. Hey, big time. Hey, for me, as a black man, I voted for this man You because of the fact that if blacks, and I'm going to say just blacks on this point, if they knew what the Democrat Party been doing to them for all these years, telling them they got to go to these bad schools, not giving us vouchers to go to the schools we want to go to, keeping us in poverty, keep your head, keeping a foot on our neck so we can't lift that. And uh, you know what? For me, I'm a black American. And doggone it, I, it came down to being next to Obama or Trump. I'm going to be with Trump because he's going to give me the motivation to go and be who I want to be in this country. And thank God, I'm telling all black folks, all the liberals, wake up and smell the coffee, what the Democrats doing to you. You know I rant, Sean. I'm just sorry, big time. And that media, that media, they ought to turn in their press cards because we own them. And don't go to Trump, keep bashing them because we're going to bash them with you because when you lie, God don't like liars. And don't go to Michelle. I never heard us run a scripture out of a Bible, and they want to bash Milana. Don't go to We love God. And thank God for her as a first lady. Love what she's done and love that rally. And America, stay behind this man. Don't let these people take that this, this victory away from us. We're going to fight to the bit end, big time, Sean Hannity. And thank you for your help as well, big guy. You're the man. I love you, big time, AJ. You're the man. We love you, and you're my favorite caller of all time. Love AJ, big time. It's time to take back America. This is the Sean Hannity Show.
right, that's going to wrap things up for today. A busy Hannity tonight. The propaganda media declaring war against the president. And what they won't report is the success of Donald Trump. And really, their attacks are against you, and Trump's not taking it. Anyway, we'll montage the mainstream media's reaction to Trump's comments against them. They can't handle it, and I'm loving it. Also, let's talk about the truth about the media and how the media in America, they can't even tell the truth about what's happening in Sweden. And then you have Democrats in denial. They want to make everything Russia's fault, Russia's fault. All right, is there any truth to it? No, but we'll get into it and we'll point out where there's no truth. We'll also get into the agenda success of Trump and an intolerant anti-Christian left in America. Jerry Falwell Jr., Franklin Graham, 10 Eastern tonight on Fox. See you then. Thanks for being with us and back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.